Hello and welcome to episode 45 of the Waters Wavelength Podcast. My name is Dan Francesco. I am the Deputy Editor of Cellside Technology. And today I'm joined by Amelia David, our U.S. staff writer. Hi. So, Tony, Anthony, our fearless leader, is out right now for the holiday. <laughs> and while many podcasts have chosen to take the week off or maybe won't give you content, Millie and I are people for the people. Along. We're plugging <laughs> along and we're for the people. So we want to give you guys some content. And while it was a bit of a slow news week, there wasn't too much, you know, because it's such a short week. Um, Amelia did do an interesting story on Capgemini, um, an accelerator, and she actually spoke to the CTO of Capgemini Australia, uh, Sudhir Pai. So, Amelia, you wrote the story. Why don't yeah. you give us a little bit of a summary, and then we can kind of get into a discussion around accelerators and whatnot. Yeah, so basically Capgemini announced that it's um, launching a, they call it um, an initiative, but of course it's an accelerator, um, Ideally, their um, their plan is to bring uh, is to curate companies that they feel have very good ideas um, that around frictionless um, anything frictionless they say so whether that be payments lending whatever um, and eventually they would incubate them and then invest so exactly like an accelerator but. Their position is that they are focused on what they call clusters. That um, what that means is that they, if there's a startup that they think have has a very good idea, and they think is, um, and they think can be scaled up, they don't have to live in a vacuum. If there's another startup that they think is complementary and has the same kinds of metrics as this other startup, they could get together and become a cluster so they could offer that kind of like service to their clients. So they're still separate companies, but they just offer complementary solutions. I think it's an interesting concept. We talked about this before about bringing together, like you said, complementary parts, kind of a rising tide raises all ships. If you have, yeah. you know, the industry more and more isn't you know isn't necessarily looking for these kind of ad hoc little add-ons they like a kind of an enterprise-wide a, a bigger solution that can kind of help them across the board yeah and if you can maybe raise your level of awareness and be seen better as a smart up if you have you know if you're paired with a couple other um you know uh, other startups that kind of can complement what you're offering I think it's an interesting concept. Uh, I know that you spoke to at least one of the folks that's uh, in there, right, uh, with um, Blue Chain, correct? Mm -hmm. So you spoke with them, all, but I mean, what was your what was your take? Is there anything that maybe you spoke with Sudhir about that didn't make the story that you found a little interesting, or that you couldn't make it in any interesting tidbits? Well, so apparently the idea for the startup really came about because they they have a partnership with LinkedIn it's basically around research and and they thought this is something that we could operationalize we we have the clients who have the distribution um, uh, capabilities uh, what about what if we we find a way to get what we find from the research of like talent and and the the and firms and we actually do something about it. I think that was really interesting. I 
don't know why I didn't put that in the story. <laughs> but yeah, it, it came out because they had that partnership. So data mining essentially through LinkedIn. Um, something like that, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I think the whole concept of accelerators, I mean, we've done a lot of work, a lot of stories on accelerators. A couple of years ago, we did kind of a general West Coast accelerator story. Then we looked Mm -hmm. at Israel, then we looked at London, then we looked at Asia. Um, So we've hit it from all angles. And, you know, it's kind of the traditional model is you come in, you basically, you work out of their facilities, which, I mean, that's another interesting point. It's different from them, yeah. They, um, because they have these things, um, it's like AIEs, like Applied Initiative Exchange, Mm -hmm. I believe. Yep. And they have it, they, they have some of those globally. So they, if you, like, if they have a an interesting startup in Spain, they're not going to tell that company to up and move to New York or to Australia. Like, they can stay there in Spain, especially if they're working with Spanish companies. Mm-hmm. And if they do decide, it could work out of the, the eight. AIE that they they've set up there and uh, I think that's different because it does it cuts on costs and also it doesn't really uproot the startup from its from from its target base its target customers and I think some of the some incubators really kind of do that Mm -hmm. sure because they have to be the same you know this the hub yeah no you I think you hit the nail on the head I mean, first of all, it's self-serving for Capgemini because they don't have to have all these (laughs) big, massive infrastructure rental places to host these firms. And then I also think, you know, we there's a great ton of great stuff up on the website from the European Trading and Architecture Summit. And one of the big topics was kind of talent acquisition and the importance of that. It's certainly not anything new, but it's something that's still important to the industry. And a big thing is comfort for a lot of these younger millennials. It's what's comfortable for them, you know, and not so much even just what you can wear, but do I want to live where I grew up? I want to stay where I am. I want to stay in X, Y, Z city. I don't want to have to move to wherever it is, Israel or Silicon Valley or wherever this incubator that my firm gets sold to. If I'm building something amazing in Madrid, Spain, I want to stay in Madrid, Spain. And like you said, and work with Spanish companies and, and do my thing. So it's an interesting concept to be able to allow these firms to, to localize, I guess, is that the, what are the, you know, in talking to Sue here, what are the biggest, were the biggest selling points, the fact that, you know, you can stay where you are and that we're going to work with you in clusters and kind of get you to work Were those are the kind of his biggest selling points in terms of trying to draw fintechs into his incubator? Yeah, pretty much. And also because they're going to be a full life cycle, um, a full life cycle of a startup, meaning they will uh, curate, connect with them, curate the companies, uh, incubate, then invest. They're not going to drop them. Right. <laughs> yeah. They, um, not that any other um, incubator really just, just randomly drop people, but it's it's kind of more of an assurance that if you've gotten to the point where they do think that your idea is scalable, they will do everything in their power to get you to their clients, to work with their clients. Sure. No, it's it's an interesting, you know, different perspective on something that's, you know, definitely important and used a lot. We hear, you know, we talked last week, Anthony and I talked about fintechs and regtech, and we talk a lot about incubators, and this is a different a different take on it. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, you spoke to the folks at, at Blue Chain. Uh, did Suhir mention anything 
I know you touched on in the beginning with payments. Did you mention any specific type of technology that they're really interested in bringing into their incubator or uh, accelerator? They're more interested in, in certain areas, okay. payments, lending, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, because I, I did ask, is like, is there any kind of like specifically? Right. But it, they just said anything that's that makes the world frictionless, anything that makes an makes an impact, makes it makes life easier. Sure. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, interesting stuff. Let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, like we said, short news week, and we're gonna keep this pretty brief because I know a lot of you probably are doing a lot more fun things than listening to us jabber about <laughs> fintech, but. Amelia, you have an interesting... I'm always interested in talking to people that aren't Americans when they're in America for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, You've been... How long have you been in the States now? For a few years, right? Three years. Three years. So this is your third Thanksgiving that you'll be celebrating or be here for. Uh, What is... First of all, what's your perspective on Thanksgiving? How do you view it? Is there a similar... I'm an ignorant, ugly American. Is there a similar <laughs> Thanksgiving type holiday in the Philippines that you celebrate, where you guys just kind of gorge out on good food? No, or? Um, the big the big holidays in the Philippines are always um, Christmas and New Year. But we do have um, we do have this thing. It's called uh, Noche Buena. Okay. Um, good night, I guess. My Spanish is horrible. <laughs> um, but it's it's a meal that we take on the 24th of December. Well, technically... Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, but it's on... Um, it's on midnight. It's basically welcoming... So wait, is it midnight? Christmas. Is it midnight, midnight of, of Christmas Eve Christmas, or Christmas, or Christmas so Day? So 12 a.m. of the 25th. Okay. You, and some families also do the same thing on Christmas Day. Like after after dinner, say around like very late around eleven until like midnight, they would do the same kind of thing, and it would always be, um, it would be ham, it would be tons of food. So you've eaten dinner, mm-hmm. and then you would have nacho buena. Interesting. And then okay. in New Year, at least for my family, we always also had kind of like the same thing on the thirty first mm-hmm. of December to welcome in the new year, and then just like a lot of round. Things yeah. on the table to symbolize money. Okay, mm, I like yeah. that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm being Italian. I'm familiar with the seven fishes. I know that's kind of a Mediterranean thing, but that's interesting. So it's Buenos Noches is Noches Noche, noche Buena. Noche Buena. Okay. Yeah. What's your wh- What are your thoughts now, year three of Thanksgiving? Um. So, I still like turkey. I know some people don't <laughs> like turkey because I. Did you, <laughs> did you have did you have any type what was your did you have an idea of what it was before coming to yeah, America and yeah. what was your idea and did it fulfill your expectations Well I knew there was going to be a lot of food Right and I mean my family has always been like all branches of my family's always been like big entertainers so there's always a lot of food mm-hmm. so there's always a lot of food Yeah Yeah but um I've kind of started like my own little tradition my dad makes amazing pecan pies that he Ooh. gives away for Christmas. Ooh. And um, my first year here, like I wasn't living anywhere. Like I was living with another family, and I didn't really use their kitchen a lot. Mm-hmm. Then I moved with, and there's a kitchen, and my one of my roommates is a big baker, and I wanted to bake too. So I asked my dad for the recipe. And every Thanksgiving now, <laughs> I bring the pie. Oh, yeah. nice. So I make pecan pie from scratch. Wow. And, yeah. 
love I love I love a good pecan pie in terms of I am supposed to be bringing a pecan pie because one of our coworkers at risk <laughs> wants a pecan pie. I just can't. I just keep putting it off. Well, we're going to hold you to that because I love pecan pie too, <laughs> and I want some of it too now. Uh, it, so you got the mashed potatoes. You have the stuffing. You have the cranberry sauce. You have the green beans. You have sweet potato casserole, kind of the staples of yeah. Thanksgiving. What stands out? What's your, what's your favorite? I know you mentioned turkey, but... You know, in terms of the, the sides is the big thing about I like Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm not much. I mean, would you like it oh, cooked a certain way, like I roasted? Like or ro- when it's roasted. Right. Yeah. With like a little bit of garlic yeah. on it, maybe a little although, olive oil. Although, oh, God, I, I don't think any of my family will be listening to this. But last year, my cousin didn't have a lot of time to prepare. Mm-hmm. Um, and she didn't, ha- she, she didn't have um, potatoes with her. So she bought those um, powdered potatoes. Oh, no. And it drove me crazy. It's like, oh, my God, mashed potatoes are so easy to do. You should have told me I could have brought, like, potatoes. I could have just matched them at home. Check out Amelia throwing some shade <laughs> at the family over their preparation of... Uh... No, but her turkey was amazing. Everything else was amazing. She just didn't have enough time left, so... So now, so on... So I know you talked about Noches Buena and Christmas Eve. On Christmas Day... What's do you eat turkey or do because I know that's like a, a maybe that's just a British thing. Um, uh, well, we do whatever because um, my my, fa- my family um, I have a huge family. Mm-hmm. I have both sides of like my mom and my dad both have like big families. Mm-hmm. On the twenty fourth, my mom's side mm-hmm. there's usually a theme. Right. Um, on my dad's side, it's just whatever anyone brings. <laughs> yeah. So it's usually there's really no um, set thing Mm -hmm. but like my family has its own traditions my father makes this kind of like a rolled um beef thing it's called morcon m-o-r-c-o-n okay so it's it's beef with um a layer of like scrambled egg and then um a pickle there's like s- other s- things in it, and then you roll it, and then you cut it. It's I'm, like a roulade. I'm getting so hungry talking thing. about all this food. Yeah. Uh, so my, my dad makes that, and so because um, his mom used to make it, so that's always our contribution to any like meal okay. around Christmas time. Yeah, I'm. I'm just always uh, like you know, I love turkey. And I love, specifically, I love stuffing. But I don't get why we only get to eat it once a year. I mean, turkey, I guess, is different because people have turkey oh, sandwiches. I mean, oh, yeah, turkey sandwiches. But, but like, like stuffing. the actual big turkey? Yeah, the actual big turkey. Like, because for Christmas, we do bacon-wrapped filet mignons. And then for Easter. Bacon-wrapped filet mignons. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, and then for Easter, we do usually, like, a ham. Uh, and I think that's, I mean, maybe, you know, it's different. But people, I feel like turkey in America, usually, the big turkey, it's it's thanksgiving and then that's it and maybe because people are sick of big turkeys I, I don't know like i know i don't like ham after christmas because i used to get like i used to work as a reporter in manila and sometimes that would be what um people's gifts would be like a ball of ham <laughs> so there was a time when there was like 13 balls of ham in oh, wow. the refrigerator because it was me <laughs> and my mother who were right. both journalists so I was sick of ham, and I know I don't eat ham after Christmas. Right. Maybe that's why people don't eat turkey. Yeah. Or stuffing, at least. I guess, and it takes really long, a long time to cook, and then, like, if it's not during the winter, you don't really want to be in front of an oven, you know, during yeah. the spring. Or 
So I all right, but you know, let's bring the turkey back. Or I like cranberry. Love sauce. cranberry. Love cranberry sauce. I don't also understand why you only get cranberries like. Yeah, no. Modern I, technology. We should probably get everything every year, uh, like year round now. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's for people way smarter than me. But um, <laughs> I think we're gonna we'll cut it off here. We'll keep it short. So Amelia, thanks for thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in and uh, tune back in next week. Mm-hmm.